Welcome to the Waves Ministry Podcast. My name is Caroline Hare, and I'm the founder of Waves Girls Conference. We have girls conferences for girls ages 12 to 22 in the States as well as internationally. Our mission and vision is to encourage and equip young women to start making waves for Christ in their homes, community, and in the world. We hope that through this podcast that we can bring messages and words of life, wisdom, and hope through the Word of God, life issues, and help girls know their true identity and calling. Well, hey girls, we are on season three of the Waves Ministry podcast, and as you know, we have had several different guests over the last several weeks and a few more weeks to come as they have talked about if their journey could teach them anything. And specifically, we've talked about identity and calling and what that looks like through different people's journeys. Um, And I just am so excited to welcome a new guest on to our podcast today. Her name is Ashley Lane, and she is precious. Um, Hi, Ashley. How are you? Hey, and hey, everyone. I feel so honored to be here. Excited for this time. So exciting. So girls, I just got to tell you a few weeks ago, I was at this wedding and I was attending this wedding of a friend of mine and um, I'm sitting there and one of my friends across the table leans over and is like, I need you to come down here. You've got to meet this girl. And I was like, okay, you're being excessive. And (laughs) I got up from the table and I went over to meet Miss Ashley. And I just was so encouraged by her spirit and what a delight she was that not only could she decorate a wedding table, um, (laughs) decorate for a wedding, but she had great style. And then on top of that, she loved Jesus a whole bunch. And so um, we ended up grabbing um, acai bowls and hanging out and just kind of getting to know one another. And and she has a real heart for missions. Uh, her her journey has included uh, YWAM, which a lot of you girls, I know some girls that have gone to Waves that are launching out onto YWAM trips right now. Um, and so if you don't know what YWAM is, it is Youth with a Mission. And she also has some other ministry gigs that she does, but she has a lot of teaching about um, about who the who God is, who the Holy Spirit is, how to pray, different things like that. And so she's done a lot of work in Brazil and in different places. But right now she's actually in Hawaii. So tell us what you're doing in Hawaii. <laughs> well, amidst COVID and all the craziness, I actually have the joy of being in Kona, Hawaii. So yeah, I do uh, minister in Youth of the Mission and actually in Kona, one of the biggest bases is here. And so it's so funny when you say I'm going to do ministry in Hawaii, you know, people are like, what can I do that? You know, but it, it really is legit ministry happening here. And so there's a school that's running a discipleship training school in YOM, and they asked me to come and teach on the Holy Spirit. So I am super stoked and excited for all that God will do. Right now, though, there is a mandatory quarantine in Hawaii. So I've, I've come, I'm here for two weeks. And honestly, I asked Jesus this summer, I said, God, could I have two weeks to get away with you? I asked him a couple oh, times. So when the, God. <laughs> and so when the school leaders were like, oh, we want to have you come in person, but probably won't work out you'd have to quarantine I was like honestly I'm so open for that that's amazing just get to be with him and then get to meet this person yeah that's awesome well Ashley tell us a little bit more about yourself and about your ministry tell us about you 
Um, yeah, well, first, I just want to say it's so exciting to be able to be on the Waves podcast. I, I burn to see people really encounter who God is and his presence to understand their identity. So when I got to meet up with you for Acai Bowls, I was like, yes, a kindred spirit. I love what you're doing. I love it when we get to spur each other on in faith. And so, yeah, I was born and raised in Tennessee. And I really had no kind of experience or um, I guess you could say influence in the mission field. There was not any missionaries really around me. I had a grandfather that did amazing things for Jesus and did a couple trips during his life, but there wasn't anyone that around that I saw doing this. But when I really encountered the love of Jesus as a teenager, inside of me started burning to reach out to people in whatever I, capacity I could. And I had no idea how I would do it, but Thankfully, God really, his hand was arranging details. And at 18, I was able to join Youth of the Mission and see that, wow, I, this is possible. And also in the last 10 years that I've been doing missions, I've been part of leading a ministry called Caruso. And Caruso is actually a Greek word. So it's in the Bible. Yeah. Um, when, you, when you see in scripture, it says, as you go, preach, you know, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely receive, freely give. That word preach is Caruso. So our heart is really to raise up people who understand the message that Jesus preached of the kingdom, understand their identity in Christ, understand the relationship we can have with him, and really raise up the church to do that and reach the lost to know him as well. So it's been a joy getting to, to run with this ministry. We take teams to different nations, um, we, whether it's you know going out and doing projects in a nation or running conferences or just going out in the streets and seeing who can we share the gospel with, who can we pray for the pray for that maybe needs healing. We do all of the above, but our heart is the kingdom. I love that. I love that. Girls, I know like whenever I listen to her, I'm just like, oh, I want to be your friend. Like, I just want to be your friend. It sounds so much fun. I love it. I love, <laughs> love, love it. Um, so with that being said, I know for myself, whenever I, I mean, traveling in ministry, like man, some good memories of being in the car for long hours and being yes. on flights for long hours and the crazy, you know, even delirium just with the travel. But I also <laughs> really just love the God time that you get whenever you travel. Um, but with that being said, what, I mean, we all have our go-to music that we listen to when we travel. Yes. So I know like I can have anything from like, serious like right like you know Kim Walker like I I'm like having a Jesus moment and then I can like be doing like the Tim McGraw music <laughs> I know I'm back to my Tennessee roots and so like yeah, what's your yeah. favorite like go-to music whenever you're traveling oh that's a good question okay honestly I know I'm from Tennessee but I have no Tennessee roots when it comes to music <laughs> My family listens to country music, but I just never, I mean, I enjoy the story aspect and there's some really gifted anointed writers in the country music industry that I so appreciate. And I love what they're doing, what God is doing. Um, okay. I am, I have to admit, I am one of those funny people. I don't listen to music that much, like even traveling. Like I love traveling because I can just sit for hours and like think and be, I'm one of those weird people. I really enjoy that. And if I have music, um, I love just worship music. I'll throw on anything from Bethel music or some kind of worship. There's an old vineyard song I absolutely love. If I just want to have that on repeat for like 40 what minutes. Is that? It's called You're Beautiful. Uh, before I even really knew like a lot of worship leaders, 
and I had influence of like, oh, I didn't know who Maverick City was or Kim Walker. I had no idea. I had this old Vineyard song and I would get so wrecked by God. I would just listen to it. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I, I actually, for the longest time though, I didn't have technology like an iPod or phone. So that's probably why I learned not to listen to music so much because I just didn't have the ability. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's just not there. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what area of your life could you say that you have just been on a journey? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's great. It's a great question. And when I saw that you you had on your heart how what what in your journey could you teach others is kind of I guess yeah. the theme right of the podcast really one thing just kind of came alive in my heart and that is how can we yield our life to fully surrender and love Jesus with everything we have and um, I would say the journey is knowing Jesus and having that intimate relationship with him and in the midst of the missions and the travels and I mean, I've, I've got to see God do incredible things. The one thing that's kept me going is knowing him intimately and his love for me. Like I've heard incredible sermons and all of this stuff, but what's actually changed me and like transformed my heart is his love for me. So wow. that's one thing I, I burn for. Oh, I love that. I love, I mean, and it's true because whenever we go into his presence, we become transformed and we right. become more and more like him. And it's like, we don't even start, we start to not even recognize our own self because we're like, we're like, oh my goodness. Like that is so not me. That has to be Jesus. Like, <laughs> he's rubbing off on me. I've spent time with him. <laughs> That's awesome. Any person, even in scripture, if they encounter God, they were changed. We can go into church services all day long and come out the same, but not the presence of God. Right. No, that's true. So if your, if your journey could teach girls anything from that, what would you want it to teach them? Oh, if I could have a group of girls in front of me or men or women, it doesn't matter. One thing I would just want to impress on them is the great treasure it is of knowing God. I believe even for all of eternity, we are going to be discovering him. That's the greatest discovery I think any person could ever make. You know, and I think there's a crisis in our generation and people's lives. They're always trying to discover their identity and their purpose, which are so valid. Find them in Christ. That's the best way to do it. But I'll tell you the greatest discovery and what we're actually longing for is to know Jesus and what he looks like. That's our, the craving of every heart. And I really believe, you know, when we get in heaven, we're not going to be bored. You know, when you hear the angels that say, holy, 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 and that's their only song. I don't believe there, you know, there's people up in heaven bored of the song on repeat, wow. but it's because they're looking at him and they're absolutely amazed at how beautiful he truly is. And I grew up around the gospel and hearing about, hearing about, you know, Jesus and he loves you and, you know, you read the word, but then when it really comes alive, how personal he is and how tangible that love is, uh, we're undone. You can't really do much else. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and I think about what you were saying it, in a lot of ways, like as you get to know a friend or you get to know a family member, like, there's always things you're discovering about them. And I yeah. think a lot of times people believe that once they become a Christian or they decide to follow Jesus, that it's like, Oh, my life's going to be boring now. Like I'm on the straight and narrow. And it's like, Oh no, 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 no. Like you were up for a wild, wild adventure. Like you're telling like what, what God is going to show you about himself and who he is. And then you're going to discover about yourself as well as a child of God. No, so that's so it. And I'll tell you, even when you, when you see like, wow, God actually wants that, that intimacy with him, you see it all through scripture. 
Like even there's so many scriptures that will come alive where it says he wants to know you or know him. That word know actually in the scripture, if you really look it up in the, in the Old Testament, it's the word yada. And in the Greek, it's Gnesko. And these words, like when God says, know me, or I want to know you, he's not talking about an intellectual knowing. You know, he's not talking about, you know, study my word and know the Bible really well. I all, oh man, guys, get into your Bible. It's so good. Like it is his word. He's in there, but it's to introduce you to the person. It's to show you who he is. And oftentimes we can have a only intellectual relationship with God or a religious relationship with God. But when you see that word is actually intimacy, it's actually experiential. That word yada is the same word. It's kind of crazy, but it's used in Genesis in the first couple chapters when it says that Adam knew Eve as an intimacy in marriage. And God uses the same word for us, not in a weird way, but as in the most intimate we could be, a fully surrendering, becoming one. And I'm like, I remember when I first heard of this, I was like, is that okay? You know, can we be so close to God? But actually that's what it's all about. That's why we're, we have the picture of the bride and the bridegroom, you know, of the church and him. We're called to have that kind of knowing. And I'll tell you this relationship, if you get this relationship, oh man, all the other ones become more of a breeze because you're not going there to get validated. You're not going there for, you know, seeking affection or seeking, you know, identity. We just, we're secure in that love. That's so good. That's so, so good. So in knowing, so I know for a lot of teen girls and college age girls, they're like, man, I can't even spend like 20 minutes in my word and in intimacy with Jesus. But then I know for myself, like I went away to a cabin for a week and it was like, like what you were talking about. You just wanted two weeks alone with God. And I was just like, oh, if I could just get alone with Jesus, I'll be great. So like, what has that journey been like for you to go from like growing up where you didn't really understand and know what quiet time was to like, I desire to go spend two weeks alone with Jesus. Like, what has that journey been like for you? Like, how'd you get there? Oh, I'll tell you, um, my goodness, it really does come down to when you, you see him, you want to know him. Yeah. And I think if you don't have that desire maybe to be with God, there's a lack of seeing. And it's not a bad thing, but I mean, Holy Spirit, our best friend, he is so excited to show you. That's one of his favorite things to do is to show you how amazing Jesus is. But I remember one time and I was going to seek the Lord and I love God, love spending time with God. And I wasn't in like this dry place even, but I didn't have that fresh excitement. Like, Ooh, oh man, what could, what could happen? Because I'll tell you when I was a teenager and I was absolutely wrecked in my bathroom because God showed me how much he loved me on my worst day. Like on my worst day, he loved me just as much on my best day. And wow. that wrecked me that my behavior and how I acted didn't turn God's heart for me at all. I was wrecked in my bathroom because I had too many siblings. It was the only place to get alone. I'll tell you, when <laughs> in season, I would just sit on my bed and be like, God could show up at any moment. Like, oh man, and, you know, like in scripture, it was like wild. Like there was like God was speaking. I mean, there was bushes that were talking, water was parting, angels were being sent. You know, like I was just like, God could show up in any way. And I had such like this, you know, anticipation and God, it's it's that real how, how it can be so tangible. But I, but I'm later on in, in the journey. And I remember I had, I didn't have maybe that fresh wonder, like, oh man, what could happen? And I remember God spoke to me about it. He said, Ashley, I am the God of the universe. 
I created every star, every color. I created every animal. I created even humor. Like God is actually funny. He created that whole concept of jokes. He, I mean, he's so funny. Like think about it. He designed humans that when we think something is funny, we open our mouth and a sound comes out. Like God thought of that. Like it's crazy. Right. And, and he says, I, I created all of these things. Like, this is who I am. He said, Ashley, if you're bored, the problem is not on my side. That's what he told me. And I was like, oh, Jesus, I, there is something I'm not seeing you in some way. God, take away every veil. And I'll tell you, so many of us, we are, we are poisoned by religion. We are poisoned by the, oh, we've seen him. We know that. We've heard that. You know, and we just need to get, we need to rip all of religion away. Oh my goodness. And just come into authentic, like Jesus, I want to know you. And I, and I would encourage also everyone listening, even when you read the Bible, take it as if it's the first time you're reading it. Take it as if it's episode one, really true. Cause there's so many believers. We actually have a hard time believing the Bible, you know, and it's so clear. It's so simple, but yet we just think it's, oh, that's cool. But that's Bible stuff, you know, like what the book of Acts, like that only happened for the disciples. Well, I, I can tell you, your life can look like the book of Acts and read it as if it's the very word of God, as if a friend is telling you, as if your King and Lord is telling you, uh, and you'll, you'll get a fresh hunger. I love that. You know, um, I, I love the idea of, of reading the Bible. Like it's the first time you've read it before a few years ago, you know, I think we get in this habit and I don't know if it's like all the Christian girl, like Instagram pictures and Pinterest things, but like, yeah, yeah. This, like thing that we want our Bible to be like, well-loved and show everyone how lo- well-loved it is and all those things. And I know a few years ago, it was like, I was using my Bible that I've always used and I love yeah. the Bible a lot, but yeah. I felt like every time I opened it to read the scripture, I'd see like where I had highlighted it before or where I had, you know, taken yeah. a note or something. And so for Christmas, I asked for a new Bible and my mom was like, why do you want a new Bible? Like you have your favorite Bible. And I'm like, but I need to see it with fresh eyes. Like it's a new year, it's a new season. And so I just, girls, I will say like that has brought me so much freedom in this department because like, and and we're even trying reading the Bible in a different translation than what you always have, because like, it's just fresh. You're like, I haven't read it like that before. Like this is all new all over again. Um, I was actually going to say that is try a different translation. I love new King James. That's kind of really what I study out of what I read, you know, what I teach out of, but the passions translation, if you just want to have a beautiful time with Jesus, the passions translation even really got down to the root of the words and really accurate go read the gospels and the passions translation. You will be wrecked. It's beautiful. So good. You know, so what, um, whenever you were kind of on this journey of growing in your intimacy with Jesus, um, what encouraged you along the way or who encouraged you? (laughs) Oh, honestly, I could only say that he encouraged me. (laughs) It was him that drew me in, you know, like I, I heard it said once, uh, the reason we're thirsty is because water exists, you know, and the fact that we have a longing for it is we were created for it. We were created for intimacy with him, to know him. And I'll tell you, there's too many hungry Christians 
and there's too many hungry people in missions and ministry and in their positions, but yet they're hungry and they're thirsty and only one thing will actually satisfy. And it's looking back on those moments where God really encountered me or I had a time where he spoke to me. You know, like those moments where God speaks and everything becomes clear. And you're like, like, it's not even that you didn't know it before, but it was because he spoke it. You know, we don't live on bread alone, but every word that God's, every word of God. And that word is actually the proceeding spoken word of God. We live on it. So actually it was, it was him encouraging me. And I asked for help all the time. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I, I am horrible at praying without the Holy Spirit. I'm horrible at relationship with Jesus without his help. And the cool encouragement is that he won't desire anything of us that he won't first give us. Like, and he also, even if you have a desire to know God more, trust me, that doesn't come from you. He put it there and he put it there to satisfy it. So I just would look back on encounters with him and also the emptiness of life, you know, okay, cool. You, you got to travel and do this amazing thing. Or I've seen God do incredible miracles. I've seen ears just pop open, but that does not satisfy me. It is moments where he's speaking to me. I can be in a room crowded with people and they're loving people. They're encouraging you, but deep in my soul is not satisfied until I hear his voice. Right. I know him. And so growing in that conversation, like for me, I'm not about God moments only. It's 24 seven, you know, I've, I've met some people and they're like kind of frustrated and they're like, you know, having a bad day. And they're like, I didn't get my Jesus time in. And I, in, in my heart, I'm like, well, good thing. He's not just a time in a moment. He's not just there from whatever he is in you. You have the power that raised Christ from the dead in you. Just begin to talk to him and walk him out. And, and I love that. Fine to one hour in the morning. Like exactly. And I'll tell you, most of my favorite times, I go on a walk with Jesus. I'll say, if you're struggling, just getting to know him, get out of the norm, go on a walk, go get a milkshake with Jesus. My goodness. Who said that this relationship has to be boring? I'll tell you, there is so much joy in getting to know him. Like you can be laughing with Jesus and other people might think you're crazy, but trust me, joy is normal in heaven and we're called to bring heaven to earth. So trust me, you'll get it. (laughs) I like that. I really like that. So you know, what has been the biggest change that you've made because of your progress on this journey? Like what has changed? I know you said like the difference in like having one set time versus like your whole day being with Jesus, but what's, what are some other things? Oh, I guess overall it would be a heart posture. Um, and the beautiful thing about your one goal being to know him is that everything in your life becomes basically uh, a way of doing that, becomes an avenue. It's becomes, that's the purpose. So I enter a challenge, say a trial comes up, something I don't even know what I'm meant to do. I actually become thankful because I'm like, whoa, here's a situation. Here's a problem, like a real problem. I don't know what to do, but my, the reason I'm alive is to know him. So in this problem, I'm going to get to know him in a way I never knew him before. A problem that actually has a purpose now, it's to show Jesus. It's not so we're suffering down here. It's so that we get to know him in a facet in a way we didn't know before. Or say, you know, I'm doing a bunch of ministry. It's not about my name. It's not about me being seen. It takes performance. It strips performance off. It strips orphan, you know, that orphan spirit of like, I need to be validated or has someone seen me or encouraged me because that my heart posture is always, but has he seen it or does he, and he does, trust me, he does. And, and what does he think about me? And so when I'm in a room full of people, I travel all the time and I'm in places people don't know me, but I never feel alone. 
I never feel unseen because he's with me and he sees me. So I can have confidence. When you know how much purity stripped from you, when you really know how much God loves you, all of that performance, the, the shyness, the I don't know if I can really walk in who I am. I don't know if I can walk in my identity. You guys are focused a lot on calling and identity, and it's so key. But we'll never have the faith to do it unless we know he sees us that way. Ooh. Someone can tell you, oh, you're called to this, and you're meant to do this. But you will not believe it until you know he sees you that way. And that's a big difference. So good, man. Girls, write that down. <laughs> that was good. I love that. So um, how are you? So I know today you're helping others by talking about this, which I'm so yeah. thankful. So, so thankful. But so what are some other ways that you're helping others on their journey and in having intimacy with Jesus? I know you mentioned yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it looks very different and almost every day, you know, especially even during COVID. Um, sometimes people are calling me up and they have questions and I love that. I love one-on-one -on -one discipleship and investing. Sometimes it looks like, like teaching in a school, which is really great. Um, other times it's I'm out on the streets and I'm sharing a, a, maybe a word, a prophetic impression that, that Jesus gave to someone. Because I'll tell you, if you want to have some fun with Jesus, you just get to know him. Trust me, he's always speaking. These weird things on your head called ears, they are there to hear God's voice. Honestly, we are sheep. We get to hear his voice. It's so simple. You don't have to be a, prof a professional. And you just ask God, God, what do you think about that person? You get that impression. You go share it with them. And it will stir up in them like, whoa, God actually sees me that way. And it stirs up a hunger for them to know God. And can I share a quick story even with that? Sure. I was in Germany. I used to live in actually one of the most atheistic regions of the world, but it's so changing. So I don't even want to say that, but I'll tell you every day I got to spur on others in the love of God. And I, I want to encourage all the people that are listening because maybe they're excited also to share their faith, but they felt disqualified. And I will tell you the one thing that qualifies you is that, you know, him, the disciples even had that. They were like, you know, they, people would look at them and be like, you are, you are uneducated fishermen but the presence of God and the anointing is on you. There's something different. That's the only thing we need is his anointing. Trust me, God will work out the rest, you know? And um, I had this encounter with um, a German woman. She, she came near the base, the Wyoming base I was at, and I didn't know her. And I just briefly, I felt like the Lord said, encourage her on something so simple. Like guys, this was not a profound word. It wasn't some huge strategy. It was simple encouragement. God said, tell her I'm happy she's here. So I stopped her. As she's walking by me and I said, Hey, I don't know you, but God's really excited that you're here right now on this youth of the mission base. Right. And she's like, wow, thank you. Thank you so much. And then she kept walking. And then I felt my friend, Holy spirit get really excited. And I was like, Oh, what, what's going on? And he goes, there's more. So I went and found her and she was sitting alone on a bench. We had a lot of property on the base and I felt like the Lord was like, go talk to her. So I went up to go talk to her and I, and I said, Hey, could I sit here? And I said, Hey, what are you doing here? She goes, well, I had a friend who has been here before. And as she's talking, I get a real sense that she actually does not know anything about Jesus. And yet she's on a missions base yet. Someone could walk into your church. Someone could walk by your ministry and they have no clue about Jesus. Right. So I asked her the golden question. I said, you know, well, I said, do you know what we do here? She's like, no, which is missions sharing the gospel. I said, well, do you know Jesus? And she looked at me and just as if I asked her, you know, do you eat tacos or whatever? She just looks at me and she goes, no, I don't know Jesus. And I looked at her and I said, what? I said, you don't know Jesus? And I just looked at her and I said, 
he is so amazing. His love, every morning I get to wake up so full of the love of God. He speaks to me. He knows everything about me. He has given his life for me. I said, you don't know that love. And I just started to ooze the love of Jesus. Trust me, when you know him, other people will see it and they will be drawn to what they were created for. She had tears in her eyes and she looked at me and she says, do you think I can know that kind of love too? And I said, yes, you can. And right there on that bench, she got introduced to the to Jesus, her King, her Lord, and the greatest love we were, we were created to know. She gave her life to Jesus. And I'll tell you, I know I wish maybe we're short on time, but I'll tell you the next day she came up to me and she actually had one of the most abusive, hard stories I've ever heard. And in ministry, I hear a lot of hard stories. Like, trust me, I've heard almost every abuse in the book. And she started to share her story. And I was like, oh, man, Jesus, like that. And I, I couldn't spend that much time with her. I was literally about to catch a plane to go on outreach to like Nepal, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And I looked at her and I said, I don't have a lot of time to speak with you, but I want you to know this. His love is real. He will meet you in every situation you're going through. Mm -hmm. And I prayed for her and I left. And I'll tell you many times we plant seeds of love. We try to, you know, share the love of Jesus. And we think maybe it doesn't have any fruit. Trust me, a seed is powerful. Sometimes we don't even know what happens. I'll tell you though, a year later, I got to meet her again. I got to find out what happens. I met this girl again and it was awakening Europe. There are these gatherings that are happening in Europe. In Nuremberg, Germany, about 25,000 believers were gathered there. Germans were gathered there, people from all over the world. It's nuts. There's so many people. I'm losing my friends. I'm walking through this crowd and I see her a year later. And trust me, honest to God, we had a movie moment. Like all the people keep walking by us and we freeze. And simultaneously, we run to each other and give each other a big hug. And she looks at me and she remembered my name. She said, Ashley, it's so good to see you. And I'm like, you're here. And in my heart, I'm just like, yay, this is about God. Like honestly, with her situation, my level of faith was, my God, I hope she remembers you because she wouldn't be swallowed up and all of that stuff, you know? She, She looked at me in that moment. She says, I'm so excited to see you. You have no idea how much you changed my life. And I'm in shock. And she goes, I'm in Bible college right now. I'm, I'm loving God. And I was like, what? You know what the Bible is? Like, yay. You know, like I, I seriously, I feel like I have that much time. Yeah. And, And I'll tell you, when you know the love of Jesus and you love people with that, It doesn't have to be that articulate. There's sometimes I really explain the gospel to people, but you just tell people of a love their heart is longing for, they will run to him. Trust me, I see it all over the world and it's what people were created for. I love that, man. I am so- And I'll tell you, even if you- Yeah, you have another story? I'm totally (laughs) gay. No, no, I'm just gonna tell you. Either the story actually didn't even end there. A year later after that moment where I met her, a year later, I got a message from her and she says, hey, I just want you to know I got back from my first mission trip. I wanted to do to others what you did to me. 15 minutes I had with her and the love of God is that powerful. It is not religion. It's not a good idea. I mean, God can do a lot with a little. I mean, he is really good at that. And it's like <laughs> our little seed, our little yes. Like, I think we overthink it sometimes and especially like, girls, if you're in high school or middle school or college and you're thinking, oh my goodness, just like 
saying something about Jesus yeah. to a friend, like that seems so minuscule. I don't know how to do a Bible study. Yeah. You don't have to know all the, all the things like, like just being obedient follow yeah, him. God can do so much with your yes. Like he can do so much with that. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Ashley, you have just been so refreshing and encouraging um, just to hear your stories and just to hear about your own journey of just having that intimacy with Jesus and, and how to walk it out day by day that, that it doesn't have to be um, scary or hard, but just just constantly just kind of going, checking back with your king, you know? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, even when I was really growing them in this, you know, I don't even often share it, but I would picture Jesus in every room that I was in and that he was looking at me. Because, I mean, any girl will know when they have a crush on someone, they're very aware of where they're at in the room. Yeah, they are. are. looking at me? Are they, you know, do they notice yeah. me? I'll tell you, well, he's in the room and he notices you. And he's more satisfying than any relationship. Guys, let's get away from trends. Let's get away from trying to be something important and significant. Get in, into Jesus. He's all you need. Yeah. You focus on seeking first him and the kingdom. Uh, all, all other things will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> let's just die to trying to be cool. Let's die to even our need of, I mean, as women, we can be so focused on of like, well, I need a boyfriend or I need a husband. Trust me, you die to that need. Those are good things. They're not bad things. But wow. you die to that and find it in the person and beauty of Jesus. Ah, you will be more satisfied than you could ever imagine. Because I'll tell you, there's too many lonely people who already have what they wanted and they're still, they're still hungry. So find what your heart is made for. I love that. Uh -huh. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. Well, girls, we are just so excited just to continue on this podcast and just hearing about different people's journeys and Thank you again, Ashley, for coming on today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank um, you for having me. But girls, I just want to remind y'all that our Waves Girls Conference kits are for sale right now. They, um, they are officially out and, and ready for, for being shipped off here in the next few weeks. Um, but you girls can get Bible studies. They go along with the messages that you learn about breaking points and currents and high and low tides and making ways for Christ on our on our waves conference kit. You can do those individually just in your own intimate Jesus time, or you can do them with your small group of friends or maybe with your youth group or your ministry group from college. Um, but for you, you might want to just like get it just so that you can have some, some Jesus time and like really get down to the nitty gritty with him. And so I hope you'll go online and take advantage of that opportunity. And um, we are so excited that you joined us today and we're looking forward to the next few weeks as well. Go on and rate us and give us a positive rating and a nice little review. Um, we appreciate that because that's how more people find out about our ministry um, and about how to make waves for Christ. So we hope you girls have a very blessed day. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Waves Ministry Podcast. For more information about our ministry, check out our website, wavesgirlsconference.com and our social media at Waves Girls Conference. Today, we hope you start making waves in your home, community, and world.